Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. Garrett. And today on the show we're talking about Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, getting one step closer to finishing off this series. No, say it ain't so. Got one more movie after this. Yep. And it's the one that's in theaters. I know. Hopefully still in theaters when we see it. We'll see. Um, Hopefully it hasn't fallen out of the box office. (laughs) It's not called Mission Impossible Fallen Out. Whatever. That's not even, that's not Close enough. It's not close. It's a punish. It's not punny. It's punishing the I feel punished by hearing it. (laughs) Maybe we'll go rogue in this nation. Ugh, now you're trying too hard. That was, I, I could, I'm just going to do this show by myself. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the best solution for everyone involved. Uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation came out in 2015, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Starring Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt once again. Every time you think maybe they'll surprise us. He still plays Ethan Hunt. He's still there. He is Ethan Hunt. He is Ethan One day I just, he should just switch places with Peg. <laughs> Simon will be Ethan and Peg will be Ben or and Cruz will be Benji. What I about feel like it's fair? What about Jeremy Renner? What about it? Why not have him be Ethan Hunt for one day? Because that's not as funny as having Simon Peg do it. They're too similar. Okay. <laughs> um, starring Simon Peg is Benji. Jeremy Renner comes back as William Brandt. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is in this one as an undercover MI6 agent. Alec Baldwin makes his first appearance as uh, CIA director. Hunley. And then we got bad guy Sean Harris as Solomon Lane, a former MI6 agent as well, but this guy went rogue in the nation. I like that kid. I don't know who, I've never seen anything else that he's ever been in, but he reminded me a little bit of like David Tennant as far as like how he kind of looked and how his mannerisms were whenever David Tennant plays a bad guy. Did you refer to Sean Harris as a kid? That's what I just thought. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I know he's not a kid, but I, I like that kid. It's the saying. It's the thing. That people say sometimes. All right. But no, I thought he. I thought he did a really good job. He was very creepy, very, very manipulative. Yeah. Smart. I yeah. Liked him. Still not as good as Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. That's been the best villain so far. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. In this movie, though, um, we go back to the old trope of Ethan finds himself on the outs with the world again. Uh, this time, um, Alec Baldwin's character gets uh, IMF shut down. Because of its rampant uh, behavior, bad mm. bad explosions and stuff. You may recall in Ghost Protocol when they almost lost the city of San Francisco. But they saved it. Yeah. But they did lose the Kremlin. <laughs> they did lose the Kremlin. Alec Baldwin gets it shut down because Jeremy Renner, his character, cannot say anything without permission from the secretary. So he gets shut down. Uh, Ethan gets captured by the syndicate after he completes his his ongoing mission he completes it he goes to a, a fancy record store that seems a really roundabout way to find out or to just like get in contact with your next mission he had too long of a conversation with the with the clerk i thought with his secretary to get, to get to get into the thing he had to like know everything about coltrane and whatnot mm-hmm. uh he gets captured finds out the syndicate is behind it and now he is on a rogue mission to find out who's in charge of the syndicate and stop it once and for all bum bum this time he's solo for a while. That's yeah, true, he yeah, is. Yeah, he was solo for a while. A long while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When are people going to start... Like, Ethan Hunt himself has never done anything, to, in my opinion, to warrant the loss of trust that people just automatically put in him. I don't understand it. Every time, in every mission, he's been like, yeah, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm right. 
why don't people just believe him by this point? Maybe, maybe I, go with him. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's not leading you astray. Maybe he's not a terrorist. Why? What in like, like for Alec Baldwin? Why? I what makes you think that he's created this whole fake thing that all of a sudden it's like in his mind and he's crazy? I don't think Alec Baldwin's character knows though. It's all secret. And Jeremy Renner's character could not say anything about it. I guess that's fair. My only thing to re- to rebut that would be, in the spy world, I guess nobody trusts anybody else. Well, that's also true. Spy versus spy. Classic. That's classic true. mix-up. That is true. But if he did not, or if, if Huntley didn't know about all this, how does he know about the syndicate? How does he know that the IMF is responsible for the, for the missile that does all this stuff? Like, in theory, he shouldn't know any of this because it would be kept secret. And he's not a part of it. I don't know. That. Hard to keep blowing up the Kremlin secret. Right, I think they would does, find out after right, that. Right, but how does he know it's the IMF? Because the IMF, again, was not responsible for blowing up the Kremlin. That was the other people. So, like, so Huntley has no reason to believe that Ethan Hunt's crazy. He shouldn't, in theory, know any of this because he's with the CIA. I don't know. I don't know. People got to trust Ethan. I don't know. Ethan doesn't talk to anyone though. He doesn't like. He's all 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 Hunley and the and the Senate committee can see is everything going wrong and everything pointing to this one agent. Right. And so that's all you all they can work with. They got and then and then the the representative isn't speaking. He's not defending it. So you got to shut it down. That's yeah. All I can figure. I guess that's true. I guess. And that's so true. Ethan goes into hiding for yeah. like six months. Yeah. You yeah. can tell by the appearance of a beard. <laughs> I I like classic syndicator of time. <laughs> I like the uh, lines between Jeremy Renner and Alec Baldwin where he's like, "Mark my words, we're gonna hunt." He's living his last day as a free man, and then it cuts to the very next thing and says, six months later." It's like you can't catch the dude. He's too good. He's too. Yeah, they good. tried. They sent in a team after him. Yeah, who couldn't do it? The wrong place. You can't catch him. He'll throw up one of those hologram walls. I like that they continued on. This is the first really, t- like, I guess three was the hard reset, kind of. And then four kind of leads into five. And I've not seen six yet, but I feel like based on what I've seen as far as casting, it they'll kind of connect. Andrew, you can kind of speak to a little bit more, but, like, don't give anything away. No, all I'm going to say is, is that, yes, it does kind of connect. So yeah, I that's like what that. I want. That's what I was saying in our previous episode, is that one and two are their own things. And then they introduce these new characters that become a part of a team. Yeah. And it's not about Ethan Hunt anymore. It's about a team, and yeah. it continues that way throughout the series. And I like that they have, like, the syndicate shows up again. And I like that they start off real creepy, where he tries to go get the mission, but... Um, Solomon Lane, who's the leader of the syndicate, we'd come to find out, is like ahead of him. And he's manipulated the mission where he's like, get, uh, Ethan Hunt's getting this briefing, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're the syndicate. And you're like, what? Yeah. That threw me for a loop. I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Thus the yelling of the what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say this. This was written very well. It was, yeah. very, it was very twisty. And it I, was I twistier than the last one. Mm-hmm. This one had twists again. Um, yeah, uh, Ilsa Faust was continually back and forth. You never knew whether to trust her or not. She was good person, bad person, in between person, maybe good. I don't know. I had a hard time like figuring out who she, whose team she was on. Yeah, and I'm glad it worked out in the end, but it really it kept throwing me for a loop for a long time. That's what they wanted. So. Yeah. Yeah, because she saved him. 
whenever they went to change the profile and, and Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt died, he drowned basically. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, she comes in and she scoops him up and gets him out the hatch and is like, yeah. And then Benji's like, we got the disc. And then she's like, give me it. And then she runs away and causes him to wreck and all this stuff. And then it's just like, what is she doing? It was crazy. Yep. It goes to her handler, goes back to the guy. Ugh. Back and yeah. forth with her. So you said this was, you thought it was written well. This was written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who returns to do Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, it's his first Mission Impossible movie, though, and only his third movie to direct. But he, he'd worked with Tom before in, in Jack Reacher. He wrote and directed that as well. Yeah. In 2012. Because I, like, Christopher McQuarrie is one of my favorite writers because he wrote The Usual Suspects. Because you love the 2017 Mummy movie? Mm, I can't say and that. Tom Cruise's Valkyrie in 2008 I've never seen that that's the one where he's like a, he like infiltrates a well, he, German army or something no it's it's the true story yeah, I got of how, it close uh, enough they I mean you're you're not wrong but like you just said he was also you've never seen it so you how the hell do you know because Valkyrie is about the assassination attempt on Hitler trying to jump in and be like you're wrong I've never seen yeah. it but I know you're wrong that's no, you awkward it's my impression of you no comment <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he wrote a few movies, <laughs> but he did do the uh, Usual Suspects, which he got the Academy Award for for Best Original Screenplay. So that is nothing to to wag a finger at. No, I'll agree. Yep, I'll agree. But um, I I love how you mentioned just a second ago about how this is a team effort again. I feel mm-hmm. like that's that is the crux of Mission Impossible. Yeah, like, I think so too, and I think that's those were the problems with one and two. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about a team; it was about yeah. People want a team, whatever the hell it was. It's hard. It's harder to get invested in one single person, mm-hmm. and harder to believe that they could pull off these missions without a team. Mm-hmm. But, I yeah. like that uh, Luther was back and more predominant in this one. They had two tech guys: one that can beat you up, and one who can be a tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that they let Simon Pegg have a backbone for a little bit because like, he, he wants to be in the field so badly in all of these movies and he wants to be taken seriously as a field agent but everybody's always like oh a little techie guy can't handle himself he's just a skinny little nerdy guy and then Ethan brings him to Italy and it's like go back and be safe and blah 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 and he's like no you brought me here because you need me, and I am going to stay here. This is what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and you're going to deal with it. And then he was like, all right. <laughs> good for Simon Pegg. It made me happy. Finally taken seriously as a field agent, because he does good work in the field. Mm-hmm. Maybe he isn't. He the, does all right work in the field. Well, yeah, maybe he's not like the biggest, most Mr. Still, don't think, still not sure he belongs there. Hey, he passed the test? Yeah. Yeah. He did manage to stop one assassin at the opera. Yeah. I also liked the dynamic between Luther and Brant. I think Jeremy Renner's just got really good chemistry with the person that he's tasked to work with the most. So it was him and Luther. And I thought they worked really well together. I thought him and Peg worked really well together. For some reason, it, Jeremy Renner's just got this ability to both be funny and a badass. Mm-hmm. Even whenever he's up against, you know, funny man Simon Pegg. Or Mr. Badass Ving Rhames. Like, he just is able to, 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 in between both, and offer something different to his counterpart. Yeah. Whether he needs to be the serious, funny guy or the funny, serious guy. It was good. Um, my favorite line, my favorite line was during, when they were, whenever they were starting the high speed chase, 
uh, Jeremy Renner's line was, it's a high-speed chase. You just had to get the 4 by 4 didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really love that line. Yeah. I, this one also didn't have a line that stuck out for me. Not really, anyway. I mean, that's that's the only thing. Usually I can, they do, but... Yeah, this is the only thing I could find. But... Uh, I really liked the opera assassination attempt. Yeah. I thought I, that was... I'd say that was the best scene in the yeah. movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. The action didn't do it for me in this one. Mm-hmm. I thought this one pulled back a little too much. It, on the action? On everything. I liked... I, uh, so for me, the, I yeah, think... Yeah, the action. I think that there wasn't as much action, but I think the suspense that they built with the twists was what kept me the most invested. Um, I remember in the trailer, they would show him hanging from the plane and doing all that stuff. And that scene was the very first thing that you saw. And it was kind of, it wasn't anticlimactic, but it was a really interesting way to start it because they made it seem like it was going to be this big giant scene. And it could have been more, but it just kind of set the scene and then that's the way they started it. Yeah. I also really liked the choreography of the opera house fighting scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because they had to be quiet and they had to do all this stuff from the, the high risers. And that's always terrifying. But yeah, as far as the action goes, I think it was less high action and more high twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kept my suspense a little higher. Mm. I mean, it did get, no pun intended, revved up like towards... Like, I don't know, probably like the last third of the movie. Whenever what's, that. What's the pun there? Well, revved up like a chase, like action. <laughs> that's, that's not how that works. Okay. Well, well anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Anyway. Like, the action sort of gets revved up there. Like. It does. Towards like the last third of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they're building to. And it, it's, it's very, it, it's very elongated. If that, if I can. I can use that because like there's there's a lot that's just building up to it and then all of a sudden it's a major payoff I will say that for for a movie like this you're just kind of like you're, you're kind of expecting it but you didn't know how to expect it so they um so they you know they added all these twists in and it just kind of left an element of surprise there yeah I just thought that this seemed to be the the first one to not try to one-up the the previous one mm-hmm. in terms of action sequences. And it had worked up until this point for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was cooler. But there was nothing in this movie that I thought was more impressive or more fun to watch action-wise than the climbing outside the, the tower mm-hmm. in the previous one. Because mm-hmm. that was the main mm-hmm. action sequence mm-hmm. in Ghost Protocol, mm-hmm. I think. I wish that there had been something... Because I think the attempt would have been Tom, Ethan in the water thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that. Okay. Eh, not for me. It was fine. I think it could have been a little more dramatic. Yeah. If they would have. I don't know what they could have done. But that scene was. I did like that scene just because he died. Um, which is something that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But it it didn't really, for me, hit the high kind of intense oh my goodness what's gonna happen action like the other one did so yeah I, I would agree that the action stuff didn't really stand out as much I think I liked the story better in this one than in four personally mm-hmm. did you 
Yeah, I did. Mm, like, I, I didn't. I, I really? But somebody's got. I like the pre the last story better. I don't know. Mm. Well, I mean, I just, I just like how everything in this movie was structured, mm-hmm. like how, how it all linked together. It's structured fine. It's structured very well, and uh, overall plot wise, I thought it was very good. I like how they're continuing the plot line now. Like it's, like it's not just like an individual plot for each and every movie. It's like, it's a continuation. Uh, Tom Cruise really doing the airplane scene was. I know we talked about that just a second ago. I think that Tom Cruise is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you do. Yeah. And to actually do that plane scene. And whenever you see it, you're just like, no, that's that's a real plane. Like that's not. I was wondering about that. I wasn't sure that he actually did that. Okay. So he's hanging on the side of the plane for real while it's going 500 miles an hour up above the earth. The the thing that that's nuts because I but I wasn't sure at the time if it was real or not, and I hadn't had a chance to look into it because I know he does his own stunts, and I know he prides himself on doing his own stunts. The one that stood out to me is whenever he woke up from the gas chamber and is handcuffed to yeah. a pole, and then he just reverse climbs the pole yeah. using nothing but his leg and core strength, that was some kind of power. Mm-hmm. Like, dude is, I don't know how old he is in this movie, but like he is stronger than I can ever dream of being at in, in any point in my life in my late 20s. Like, I've never been able to do that. I will never be able to do that. <laughs> He's a very strong man. Yeah. Like, good on him. It was impressive. It made me... I wrote down, uh, he reverse climbs the pole! That's so kind of strong. Oh, yeah. Hi. You have headphones Ow. on. Ow. Ow. Can you hear me okay? No. Was it loud? It rattled my eardrum a little bit yeah. on the left side. <laughs> Forgot he had headphones in. So, yeah, it was... It was mighty impressive to see the the effort that he puts into all of this stuff to do his own stunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the plot line a little bit, okay. One of the things that I am I'm almost getting a little tired of is like uh, the IMF risk of getting shut down. I feel like it's an <laughs> yeah. overpl- I feel like it's an overplayed plot device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and. They've done this now in like they did it in the first one. They did it. They did it. Did they do it in Ghost? Wow! <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> did they do it in Ghost Protocol? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember that I think, happening. I think it was on the verge of being shut down because the CIA oh, was probably. in the same car. And then this actually does get shut down. So I feel like they're overplaying that just a little too much Mm -hmm. that's how i feel like it's that's how i feel it's it's overplayed like yeah like it's written like this movie's written well it's just the plot device is overplayed technically in ghost protocol they did get shut down because that's the whole point of the ghost protocol okay well but it's more of a strategic move yeah than a shutdown like this was a the senate shut them down right and that was a they pulled a special strategy move so that they could continue investigating. But I agree that it's overused. It's It's, kind of, uh, I don't know, it's part of the basic building blocks of a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. A small team gets threatened to be shut down, and then they gotta prove their worth by the end of it. It's kind of how it it goes. You you expect that to a certain degree. Yeah. So. 
What else you got on there? You got a whole lot of things. Uh, I love the I love the record store mission objective. Like mm-hmm. how how things just went completely awry in the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, kind of how Mission Impossible Three happened. Yeah. Everything was going great. Yeah. And then it suddenly did not. Yeah. No. Everything went to complete shit. Yeah. I thought that the motorcycle chase in this movie was a little bit of a nod to MI2. I'm done with motorcycle chases, you know? It's another overused thing for me. Mm -hmm. Just done with them. He's looking off my notes, by the way. I was. I didn't make notes. I don't make notes when I watch them. That's cool. I don't don't do it to be impressive. I just don't do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just do it just... Yeah, yeah, I mean... It, it helps, it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just was kind of underwhelmed with this one, I think. What about you? I liked it more than four. It was about... Uh, it was like a stepping stone. It was like one step up on a staircase. Okay. I think, mine, like, was, I think mine was one step down on yeah. the same staircase. Still like three the most so far, personally. If anything I can say, it didn't... It didn't raise any bars. No, and I think that's why it yeah. disappointed me so. It it, did, everyone it raises it. It didn't raise so this bars. one didn't for me. Yeah, raise the bar. It. I remember walking out of the movie theater thinking, you know, that was a good movie. Yeah. I, but I don't. I don't but I, did I need I, it? Well, I mean, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I mean, did you need it? No, probably not. But like, would I watch it? Would I watch it over and over again? No. No. So, yeah. I mean, just there's no bars being risen here. It's just it's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's a little bit of, you know, when Mission Impossible 2, we talked about how it's just kind of a cookie-cutter movie Mission Impossible 2 was. It was just like the the wrong end, if yeah. you have a spectrum. Yeah. I feel like this is on the high end of a cookie-cutter action movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a riveting discussion about Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. It excited me about as much as the movie did. <laughs> I think I think that they're I'd just, rank it three. I would the really say that there wasn't much exciting about it. Like I no. liked the movie and I liked the story better, but as far as like action and in stuff like that, it didn't really no. have that. It didn't live up to the other Mission Impossible. Well, the ones that I've seen, I didn't see too. But there's nothing in it that I feel strong enough about to really get into. Yeah, it just didn't pull. It didn't. It didn't uh, move me. No, in any way. But I mean, it's just it. it it's it's just a summer action flick. I mean, it's, yeah. that's all. That's really all you're getting out of this. And yeah. It's, other than it, just a fun time at the movies. You know, it's not. You'll probably forget it in like maybe a week. So sadly, Rogue Nation came out in July 2015. It is third on the list of highest grossing Mission Impossible movies in the U.S. and second worldwide. In the U.S., it made two uh, hundred ninety-five million dollars, just under Ghost Protocol and MI2. Mm-hmm. The same weekend it came out was uh, <laughs> the Vacation remake with Ed Helms and Leslie Mann, Christina Applegate, Chris Hemsworth. I actually enjoyed that movie for what it was. I've not seen it. It's fun. Okay. Number three was Ant Man. Yay! Great movie. <laughs> this feels weird now because this is a very recent movie. Um, Minions, Pixels, Trainwreck, Southpaw. Paper Towns, Inside Out, and Jurassic World the last round two. out the top ten. Yay. Yeah, a lot of those movies are good. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I've not seen... I've never heard of Paper Towns. Really? Yeah, but it's I, ha- good. I have heard of Southpaw, and I would like yeah. to see that. I don't have much interest in that. I'm not, big, I'm not big into fighting movies. 
I don't even. I honestly don't even care for the Rockies and Creeds that much. Yeah. I like Creed. It was it was fine. Probably see Creed too. Uh, Rocky movies are. Eh, I get it. I get why people like it. I, I'll I'll say this for a long time. Did not like Rocky, and re- just recently I watched Rocky again, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that ain't bad. <laughs> I'm like, well, but that's that sounds that, like it was an exciting revelation in that, your house. That's. I mean that's that's as far as it's gonna <laughs> that's as far as it's gonna get. It's, it's like, like bad. The sun comes up into the window and your the room is illuminated as the credits roll on Rocky and you go, hmm, that ain't bad. <laughs> that's it. Yep. <laughs> um, I, when it comes to 2015, when the movie came out, it was not the highest grossing movie of the year because it had the unfortunate uh, draw of coming out the same year as Star Wars The Force Awakens. Star what? Star Wars The Force Awakens. But Rogue Nation didn't even crack the top 10 of the highest grossing movies of the year. It came in at number 11. Oh. Behind Spectre, Cinderella, The Martian, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, Minions, Furious 7, Inside Out, Avengers 2, Jurassic World, and Star Wars. That does surprise me a little bit about Spectre outgrossing Mission Impossible. Well, you just didn't like Spectre. I... Spectre's I didn't one. love Spectre. No. But it's James Bond, and I think James Bond has a little more of a fan base. I do find that interesting, though. I find it more interesting that Cinderella made more money than both of them. <laughs> that is not one of the live-action remakes Disney did that was particularly thought highly of. No, I turned that off after about 30 minutes. I'm just not interested in Cinderella at all. Who even was Cinderella? Lily, Lily James. James. I don't think... Did anyone really know her at the time? I think she was new. I think so, too. Okay, well, that wraps up the box office talk of this show. Do we want to... We never decided if we rank first or if we guess the score first. I think we guess the score first. No, all right, let's guess the score first. 82. I'm going to go with a 92. (sighs) Against my opinion, I'm going to go with an 88. I think it's low. I think it should be lower, but I bet it's not. Ninety-three. Whoa. Um, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that is the same that it's, Ghost Protocol yeah, was. I think so. Same exact one. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know about that. Seems high to me. Yeah. Seems high to me too. Didn't seem high to Andrew apparently. I personally gave it a three point seven five. Again, just a little higher than Ghost Protocol, but still in the same realm. I give it a four out of five. I give it a three. No? I think. Yes. A three. Yes. I'll give it a four just because I like the entertainment value of it. Did you get what'd you give Ghost Protocol? Did you also give it a four? I think you did. I think I did. I don't remember. Four, 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 we'll five, check the tape. The yeah. We'll check the tape. Alright. Well that wraps up this week's discussion of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I hope you're still with us. <laughs> next week you yeah, know there's always gonna be duds in a series that's this well, long uh, well, and I feel like this uh, you know it just didn't bring a lot to talk about no, that's all it is no and yeah I think I think I don't wanna say we're exhausted about talking about it I just think that we're just it's just like meh no I just need I just need good material yeah. like last week for Ghost Protocol we had some pretty good material yeah, yeah, we, there was some had, good stuff to talk about we had good discussion this one didn't really push the envelope it didn't really give me anything that was like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. But I will say this. This is a great precursor to... Uh, this movie is a great precursor to... Our grand Fallout, finale? For, to Fallout. Which yeah. Which I personally, out of, all the be- out of all of them, I love. 
mm-hmm. think it's probably the best one. I hear that a lot. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Uh, we'll be back next week with Mission Impossible Fallout, the movie currently out in theaters. Find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Leave us uh, your comments about the show there. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Maybe you felt really strongly about it more so than any of us, and you can tell us then. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at so many sequels pod. If you, if you like us on that, then you'll see our posts whenever we post a new episode. And maybe the algorithm will let you see it on the day that we actually posted it. Or maybe you'll see it on Thursday or Friday because that's how the internet works now. <laughs> I'm getting a little salty about it, but whatever. You can find it somewhere. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, and then please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps people find the show. And uh, we'd like to see your nice reviews. There you go. Until then, until next time. Mission almost accomplished. <laughs>